we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 17th day of December, the year of our Lord, 2021. I am Johnny Anderson, alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? Oh, well, I'm fair to middling. Thank you very much for asking. Um, slightly achy. It's this terrible cold weather we're having here in the United Kingdom. It's cold and damp and causes um, what they call winter Omicron? pressures. Oh, I, well, it, causes, it causes people to be run down and get colds, which, of course, is translating now to Omicron, which I'm sure there is. a Anyway, I'm, I'm fine. We'll, we'll get into that in a bit, I'm sure. We will. Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah, uh, I, I dare say the weather here is a little bit more enjoyable. It was actually warm here UK, today, but I didn't need a scarf today. It was it was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I was outside. I mean, I could still I could still see, you know, my, my breath as I was blown because yeah, yeah. it was that cold, but I didn't need a scarf for the first time in it, over a month. It was fantastic. It's t shirt weather here, so yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're joking. Wow. Uh we're, we're gonna see uh sub zero temperature or sub freezing temperatures. Zero for you guys being Celsius, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get by the way, sorry, oh. just uh, Ned's gonna hopefully uh, beyond soon, not tonight, but in the next couple of days. What is freezing point in Fahrenheit? Because we we don't 32. use Fahrenheit anymore. 32. Thirty-two. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. It's funny you, you say you don't use Fahrenheit anymore. We actually got that measurement system from the British. Um, Fahrenheit. I think you'll find it was German. Okay, but we we got the the standard measurement of uh, you know miles per hour, gallons, and and things like that. Yeah, we, we yeah. got that and from from you. The imperial uh, yeah. the imperial system of measurements, and of yeah. course Kelvin, who was the other great scientist that looked into temperatures. Um, I don't think he was British either, which is unusual. Mm. Okay, let's get straight into the uh, well, the the meat and potatoes of the matter. Let's not waste any time uh, because you're on a uh, tight schedule tonight. So, you guys have got vaccine passports coming into the UK. Uh, what what is your um, what's your take on that? Because the uh, the votes that happened, it seemed like it was an overwhelming majority that took that. It was three twenty nine to one twenty six or something. I, I don't uh, maybe I'm missing a few there, but uh, it was quite a few. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a, a rebellion against the government, voting against the government of over 100, or maybe yeah. exactly 100 um, conservative MPs. But of course, strangely, the opposition party voted with the government, as they have done um, pretty much through everything that Boris has tried to put in place when it comes to COVID restrictions. And it's almost like they're in that wartime situation where, you know, everybody on the face of things is thinking about the greater good of the country. But of course, you know, I know, or at least we strongly suspect that the leadership of the opposition and certainly the shadow cabinet are all bought and paid for 
Soros-funded, plastic, mass-produced politicians. So they'll be voting along the narrative. And a great many of the conservative rebels are genuine people who, who care about the country, not about this great reset plan. You said rebels. This was a term that was used back during the uh, the Brexit campaign, if you remember that. Oh, the rebels. Yeah, the, the rebels that want to leave the European Union, that that type of talk. Would you consider... And I, I be honest with you, I lost my I lost my respect for him when he was uh, when he was taking a covid jab. Uh, would you consider Sir Desmond Swain a Tory rebel? He certainly speaks out um, against some of these things quite vociferously. However, I don't trust the man because he's had a jab, because when it comes to the crunch, I'm not sure which way he voted in this particular one. but. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not even sure it's a matter of public record. It should be. I believe it should be. So I'd be interested to find out which way he voted. And if he voted, voted against, then that would win some of that trust back. Yeah, he, he certainly does talk a good talk. I have to have to give him that. But at the same time, I was playing a clip privately of, what was it, last week, Bruce? And we were watching it and we're like, this is just, this is political theater. That's, that's what yep. this seems like. It just seems like we're being fed a line of bull. Here's a clip of him. Uh, in parliaments two days ago. This was before the vote. Uh, and he's basically talking about how all of this is going to uh, now basically destroy what's left of the hospitality industry, uh, it, it, vaccine passports, mind you. I mean, it's going to create more segregation that we just don't need. Um, now, this is a few minutes long. I'm not going to play all of it, but just about a minute or so, just so you, can th just so you get the idea. In a typical winter's day, between 200 people and 350 people will die of flu. Do we hide behind our masks? Do we lurk at home, working from home? Do we demand that people provide their bona fides before going to a, a venue? Do we require people to be vaccinated as a condition of keeping their jobs? The question is whether the, the measures before us today are proportionate actually comes down to a matter of opinion. Do you take seriously some of the extraordinary extrapolations that we've been given, particularly given the record of before. The fact that these are things that might take place and we have to balance that against the known costs and damage to enterprise, economy and society. And in the end, it comes down to a matter of opinion, a matter of our prejudice. And we are typically capable of organising our lives and making those decisions for ourselves. We decide what our risk appetite is and what we're prepared to encounter and what we're prepared to not. Notwithstanding the carnage on our roads, certainly killing more people than COVID at the moment, some of us still decide to drive. It's a matter of opinion. So it comes down to letting loose the dogs of war. Get the fear factor into it. Get the members of the officials, the members of SAGE, the members of Independent SAGE, of Spy M. All those, of course, speaking in their own private capacity. Get them out there twisting the fear lever. What about the 
Um, in the the uh, Health Protection Agency. What what Stalinist minds thought up that nomenclature? Get them out there twisting the fear button, and by and large, you will get the reaction that you want. People will crave more enforcement and more fiercer measures to protect them from this great danger. Right, that goes on and on, but you get the idea. That's right. Those, those are the words uh, and the way he's delivered those words. He's a frustrated actor. He's That's a exactly he's a nut. What it sounds like. That's exactly yeah, he's what it a, sounds like. He he's showboating. He's um grandstanding and all those other sporting terms for someone who is showing off and just about to have a, a big fall. But you know, seventy percent of um communication is nonverbal. And you could see that he the way in which obviously our, our listeners can't unless they look up the video, the way in which, which he's gesticulating, the way in which he's moving his head, it's its all an act. It's an absolute act. And he's probably been told, in my humble opinion, which isn't that humble, to do it by Boris, because they need to appear to have naysayers and people who are holding them to account and questioning their decisions amongst their ranks. But uh, And this is entirely personal, and I, I've no basis for this other than my experience of, of meeting thousands upon thousands of people from all over the world. Anybody of his age and his standing who would have pointy lamb chop sideburns with his shock of white hair is a narcissist. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he doesn't spend his weekends in the sadomasochist dungeons of London, somewhere <laughs> in deepest Soho, in <laughs> indulging his his um, sick fantasies. The man's a narcissist, and I don't trust him. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that that's where he would spend his weekends, but uh, that's oh, uh, probably during the week. Actually, uh, while he's staying week. at the flat, in, you know uh, what? The flat in London before going home to his country pile. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, you you actually, you know what? You say that, and that I wasn't going to bring this up, but we haven't had you on since uh, since this. Let's talk about the um, since since we're on that topic, let's talk about the uh, piles of cocaine that were found in Westminster in the toilets. Does any of that shock you? Well, you know, no, of course not. It doesn't shock me in the slightest. These people think they are above the law. And when they're pulling a, a long night's discussion or think tank, they need a bit of the old Colombian marching powder just to keep them on the toes and, and stop them from dropping off. So, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. I'm totally disgusted by it, but it doesn't surprise me. You know, I, I was uh, I was looking at that and I was thinking to myself when when all of that was was going on, the news story broke and everything. You saw the usual uh, you know, Sky News had to run a piece on it. BBC had to run a piece on it and everything. It was a story for about a day and they put Boris Johnson out there <laughs> dressed like <laughs> dressed like a Met cop. <laughs> he looked like an absolute slob with that stupid mask on his face, uh, a knit cap, a, a watch cap that didn't even fit him. Uh, a flak jacket again that didn't fit him, and uh, and a windbreaker that didn't even fit him. Th this guy, I was telling Bruce, I said this guy's a flim flam man. He's he's a con man with costumes. We were going through some of it last night. He's done a police officer now. That's his latest thing. He'll do a warehouse worker. 
He'll do a uh, a checker at a, at a uh, at a shop somewhere with a yellow vest on or or an orange vest if he's working in a warehouse. He'll do the uh, the doctor or the scientist thing for the photo ops in the full PPE, the face mask, the goggles, the face shield, and the gloves, holding a vial of saline up to the uh, to the light like he's actually uh, trying to do something, like he actually knows what he's looking at. I mean, I, I understand that that it's uh, all about showmanship in politics, but can can people not see through this and how ridiculous this is? It's a sideshow. His his latest one, I've seen two videos at two different places where he's volunteering inside vaccination centres. So, yeah, now he's he's cleaning down plastic seats where people who've been vaccinated have sat before the next person comes. And, you know, given the amount of volunteering and, on the face of it, real work, you know, a real person's job that Boris seems to have been doing over the last few weeks. I do hope that the World Economic Forum is handsomely rewarding him for his efforts because, again, it's all for show and it's all part of the plan. And his his bumbling attitude we used to find endearing, but now we know it's all a big show. It's It's just fake. His bumbling and mistake making is fake. Joe Biden's is due to um to to dementia mostly and Donald Trump's was down to arrogance but Boris isn't arrogant he pretends to be stupid and well-meaning and of course that allows him to get away with all the things he's getting away with Obama I saw a video the other day about uh, I can't remember exactly what he was talking about but I believe he put in 90 um, executive orders in in a short space of time, and Johnson is is kind of jealous of of that system. And now he's got such a huge majority, although there was rebellion in last night's vote. Um, it's almost like he can rule by decree because just about anything he puts in front of the house is going to get voted through. So this is why we desperately need an election somehow, some way. Um, remove, you know, hope beyond hope that you know the nineteen twenty. Yeah, sorry, no, I'm no, waffling I, on a bit. I, I'm not. I'm not sure that an election. I mean, that that would imply that we could actually vote our way out of this problem. And and quite frankly, I'm not sure that we can. Uh, I would like to think that we can, but I'm not sure that that's even possible given where we are. I was listening to a political scientist talk about something near to this this matter right now, and basically, we're looking at democracies as in that's been our ruling system in in Western countries. We've had, well, not necessarily true democracies, but we've had forms of them that we call democracies. And those don't work. Let's be honest. Democracies don't work. I I really don't like democracies. I'm more of of a constitutional republic guy. However, if you're going to have a system that gives people somewhat of a say, then, okay, democracies. I think democracies are extremely dangerous because look where we are. Look where we are. Democracy's got us into this mess. Republics, compromised republics, United States included, have gotten us into this mess. The problem we have had, and I I totally concur with, with what this professor had to say, the problem we have had is we've not had a system that we've followed of checks and balances. If we have systems of just strictly checks and balances, then we can kiss democracies goodbye. We have to have a check on a, on a balance of power. For example, just as an example, the Second Amendment in the United States, you're well aware of that. Yeah. 
the gun ownership yep. clause in the Constitution. The right okay. to bear arms. Correct. That is a check on the balance of power in the government. Yeah. Each branch of the government. You have the legislative, the um, <laughs> the legislative, the judiciary, and the executive. I almost had to think there for a second. Each one of those is to represent a check and a balance on each of the other branches. That's the point of it. So I, I think if we get back to a system and we adopt a system of checks and balances across the West and you throw in the, um, you know, the, the aspects of uh, voting and things like that, of course, you have to vote. But if we if we get away from these true democracy run systems, I think we'll be better off. Yeah, I'm sure we've said it before that democracy can boil down to two wolves and a sheep discussing what to have for dinner. And when you've got power, you can exert influence and votes can go your way. So it's open to corruption. So those checks and balances, as you as you put it, need to be really robust and, and need to be exercised at all times because it's too easy for people to forget about them. Now, in the United Kingdom, we've got the House of Parliament um, so the House of Commons and the upper house of parliament is the House of Lords. So of which you are it, due to be a member of, if I'm not mistaken, you are a lord. Well, I do own I do own two square meters of Scotland, which entitles me to call myself Laird. However, that was just a gift so that I could could have fancy business cards if I wanted to. And um, you got you got flight special flight status in the Middle East because of that, did you not? Um, uh, yeah, I did once, but also I got stopped in Saudi Arabia and asked why the name on my ticket wasn't the same as it was in my passport. Because on my passport, <laughs> it just says Marty, my name, but on the ticket, it said Lord Foster. So yeah, that 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 caused me some problems. But I think really we we must come to a point where we completely revamp the system because. Anyone who stands up and says, I want to be a member of parliament should immediately be disqualified. The people who we want to represent us should be encouraged to do so by consensus, by your community, your local community saying, that's who we want representing us and, and get put forward that way. Anyone actually standing um, of, of their own volition, you immediately have to question their motives. Uh, and it is that's quite unfair, I suppose, because not every politician is corrupt. But in fact, most of them go in with you know an absolute will to change the country, change how things are done for the better. But once they get into a party, they soon realise that they have to vote the way of the whip, and they get compromised. They 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 have to make compromises. They have to. I suppose in their own heads, they're, they're justifying it by saying, OK, I'm going to vote with them on this one because there's a bigger battle I want to fight. And it's about this different topic or this different bill. But slowly but surely, all of their principles are eroded and they become as corrupt and as hungry to hold on to their seat as, as the rest of them. What about people that are not politicians? And by that, I mean, let, let's look at the uh, just the, the circle of evil that's that are running these countries. A lot of these people, such as uh, I'm just going to pull out a couple here. Uh, some of the sage advisors, right? Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, what's his name? Dr. Armageddon, Dr. Death, uh, Neil Ferguson, Professor Neil Ferguson, uh, who is back out again uh, saying we're all going to die of Omicron. We need to start seriously considering uh, stricter measures uh, again. Chris Whitty. 
again, uh, he's the the health minister or whatever, health advisor, something. I'm, I'm not sure. But these are not elected people, is my point. Is it, So I, I get what you're saying about putting people forward. And, and I agree that it also needs to be, from what we stated many, many years ago when we started this, can't believe it's been that long already, it has to be all independence. It can't be any more of this party politics nonsense. It's got to be all independence. And and I like your idea about uh, it has to be a, a consensus of the community to put that person forward. I like that. I like that because the people that stand up and say, yeah, I want to go to Congress. Or I want to go to the I want to go to Westminster. I, w- I want to represent. Okay, fine. Why? Why? I see these young Congress uh, men and women in the United States that did exactly that. Oh, vote for us. We want to get there. We want to fight for you. We want to do this. We want to do that. And then they get there, and nothing happens. It, instead, people should have been asking the question: Why do you want to get there so bad? There's somebody running for Congress, young lady in her uh, mid twenties in the United States right now, who is running for Congress. And she's been adamant about trying to get a seat in Congress for it's all it's been almost three, four years now. And I'm thinking to myself, why on earth do you want to get to Congress so bad? Why? That, that just I, you got to you got to follow that. I, I would I would thoroughly enjoy going to Congress or, or even the Senate. But there's one caveat. I want to be able to burn the entire system. I mean, yeah. I want to be able to yeah. shut down the, the 450 some departments that we have that are just bloat. They have no purpose. And fire, um, yes, fire millions of government employees because you're not needed on the federal level. If you want to do those jobs or have those departments, do it at the state level. So, yes, I I would um, enjoy being there. But that's why is because I would be dismantling everything. I'm sure it will come back to me in a moment or two. But I had something really interesting. Oh, that was it. These... um press conferences with Dr. Death stood on one side and some other facile scientist. That sounds terrible because I, I greatly appreciate science, but anyone who would stand up there and give these fear-inducing messages, which we know to be untrue, has lost all credibility. So yeah, I was probably right to call them facile in the first place. But you see these press conferences, they are unelected. And I think anyone who is unelected, if they are driving government policy, because they're unelected, they are not representative of the different constituencies, the 620, 630 constituencies of the country. And therefore, their decisions on what should be a policy um, should be up for referendum. We live in a in, a, in an age where um, we can do, you know, really, really quick online um, surveys. And so, if someone says, like, for instance, do you want to lock down again? If 70% of the population, or sorry, even 51% of the population clicks yes, then we lock down. But you can bet it wouldn't happen. And that's why they won't give us those referendums. On top of that, you see the current situation and why these this plan B has been brought into force alongside the uh, police bill, which is also coming into force. Uh, or they're about to vote on if they haven't done already, which removes so many of the the methods of peaceful protest and more or less makes protest illegal in the UK. That I'm very concerned about. But it's this this message of fear from those press conferences that upsets me the most. And at the moment, you've got people popping up on videos from South Africa 
because this is where Omicron is supposed to have come from. It was originally called the South African variant. And you've got these South African doctors going, oh, no, it is not as dangerous as you are saying it is. We've, owned, we've had no deaths and we've had hardly any hospitalizations. But you don't see those videos on mainstream media. You only see these doctors saying it on the new news station, GBS, I think it is, or GB News. Um, GB News, yeah. GB News. So you, you'll see them on there, but you won't see them on the BBC, ITV, the main ITV channels, even Channel 4, in fact, especially Channel 4, um, here in the UK. You're not seeing these people saying, it's not as scary as, as, as you're making out. I don't understand why you're doing this. They're just not being shown. So, um, yeah, to get back to your point, unelected people, if unelected people are driving policy, then there needs to be referendum on every single one of those policies to make sure that it's what the country wants. And if it's not what the country wants, then it doesn't happen. You know, as an American, I, I kind of come from the perspective of um, uh, liberty uh, in the, the sense that um, you can make your own decisions. Uh, as though as political theater, he was he was technically right in what he was saying there in that video. We're talking about Swain again here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He was he was technically right in saying uh, vehicle deaths or accidents are uh, more prominent than COVID deaths, uh, and yet we still decide to go out and drive vehicles. That is basically the 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 you 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 do your own um, risk assessment. When you go out in society, you deem whether or not this risk is worth my time. Um, as an example, electricity. Electricity is fatal if you get hit with the correct amperage. And yet our entire lives are, are centered around electricity. I mean, it's everywhere. Um, why, why, why isn't somebody up talking about the people that get killed by electricity every year well, or, or bathtubs? You or, talk about, you know, you're talking about that, the way the nanny state is which is the UK nanny state, they legislated quite some time ago now that only people who have done the latest edition of the wiring regulations and qualified can actually do any kind of rewiring, even fitting a, a new socket um, onto your ring main in your house. Now, I've spent my life playing with electricity, pneumatics, hydraulics, all the different forms of, of powering a machine. I've I've played with and I've had serious electric shocks um, and learned how not to have any more electric shocks. I cannot legally do any kind of electrical work in my own home. It has to be someone who has got this, I think the current edition is 19th edition wiring regulations. And when I was qualified, they were the 16th edition. So there's been three new editions and there really hasn't been that much changed. They've just made it more complex. They've charged more money because it's a government organisation that runs the um, uh, runs the qualification. So I think it costs um, a would-be electrician around about seven hundred to maybe thousand pounds to qualify. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the nanny state here in in the UK. So many things you can't do. Some things that. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't understand electricity or hasn't been trained and qualified to, to, to do things, when I say qualified, what I mean is an experienced electrician without the 19th edition, they exist, but they just haven't done the qualification. Anyone who isn't experienced enough shouldn't attempt it. Same as would you attempt to um, wire up a gas, yeah, not wire up, but 
uh, connect up a gas cooker without understanding. So only corgi qualified um, plumbers can wire up your gas cooker. Why? I keep saying why. I mean, connect your gas cooker to the mains gas. So anyone who, who hasn't got the knowledge and the skills shouldn't attempt it. But because a couple of people have had accidents, blanket ban, and it costs more money to get it done. Do you know, I'm all for it, really, because not all for the nanny state, but all for working class people being qualified and and having work generated for them to a certain extent. But the hourly rate that you'd expect to pay labour to a plumber or an electrician is about £60 an hour. And that's a lot of money. You know, the, these guys are working class people, but they're earning upper middle class salaries or, or, or wages from their jobs. And I think that's why as well, here in the UK, it, it, it's become almost a disease. You book a plumber. Oh, yeah, I'll be around at such and such time. Then he phones. No, I'm going to have to come a bit later. I'll be around tomorrow. And it's because they've got so much work and so much money that they can let people down and still get new customers. We're a bit off topic here, but... Um, I'd like to take responsibility yeah. for that. I, I got a message uh, just a few minutes ago. Bruce, the uh, the friend of ours in the UK uh, that we haven't heard from in quite some time. Yeah, he was in the hospital with COVID on a vent, nearly died. Uh, he's due to be released tomorrow. And I'm, I'm sitting here telling him about ivermectin. He doesn't know anything about it and neither do any of the hospital staff or anybody else. And he's like, why on earth didn't they give that to me? And I, I said, yeah, well, it's a, it's a long conversation. We can have that some other time. Uh, but he is, yeah, exactly, money. Uh, they got 50 grand probably for putting him on a vent. I'm surprised he actually made it. Uh, I guess Remdesivir hasn't hit in the UK because that's what's doing people in in the US. Uh, yeah, I want to play. I hope that doesn't get over there, by the way. Yeah, that, that's, that causes that's renal failure. Yeah, and that's horrible. And is killing patients. Yeah. Yeah. That was signed off on by the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci after it failed the trial. Yeah. Yeah. I want to play a clip here of Chris Whitty encouraging people to get the booster. There is a new variant of COVID-19, Omicron, which is highly infectious and spreading fast. Every adult in the country needs to get a COVID-19 booster vaccine. Boosters give you the best possible protection against the virus and should significantly reduce your risk of serious illness and hospitalization. Get your COVID-19 booster vaccine to strengthen your protection. Please get boosted now. Does that seem like a nothing but a script read to you? Oh, there's 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 no passion in that man's voice whatsoever. He, he is no Desmond Swain, is he? No, um, no. Swain at least made it sound good. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, transparent. Witty with witty, what you see is what you get. A wet fish of a man, and. He looks he looks dead, quite frankly. He looks like a, a cadaver. I'm still like a wet fish of a man. I've never heard that yeah, expression it, it, before. He, look, he looks like a, a, a cod placed on ice. Um, <laughs> dead eyes. Uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just getting personal, but the man irritates me in the extreme. He is a scientist. I'm sure he's highly qualified, but he's been bought and paid for to feed this narrative to the British public. And, you know, I'm in a, a rather incapacitated state at the moment because of my surgery and forthcoming surgery. So they'd, they'd be quite safe. I would just love to get someone like him into a room where he couldn't get away so that I could have a proper chat with him, you know, have a, have a word in his shell-like ear. I would love to be able to talk to someone like him or Boris or 
oh, wouldn't it be great to get Gates and and just say what's really going on and can you please, in fact, not please, because I've just given you a truth drug, tell me exactly what's going on. It would be so good. Some way that's got to happen. A really high-profile whistleblower has to hit the headline soon, and then they can't hide it. They can't possibly denotice it. Or, or But then again, there's that list of well over probably 130 doctors worldwide um, who have all blown the whistle, including the man. Yeah, including including the thousands. Well, the list I've seen is just a a print for putting onto social media, but the ones at the head of it are Mike Eden, Nolan, is it? What's his first name? The guy who invented the... um, Uh, Malone. Malone, Malone, sorry. So Robert Malone, Mike Eden, and as it works down, the Indian gentleman, is it Bakhti? Dr. Suchart Bakhti, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there, there are so many on that list, and and as you say, there's there's many more. But they're not getting any airtime. They're not getting any exposure. And if they did, then people might start to take notice. But we're still we're still surrounded by sheep, and we need to wake the sheep up somehow. To the whistleblower thing, I'm I'm kind of I don't know which direction it is. I don't know if it's they're fully convinced and they think they're help they're they're doing they're doing what's right in their mind for the greater good or if they're just so scared of losing their job and being lambasted by the media and the death threats that follow that they're unwilling to step out of line. So I, I don't know which it is. It could be both. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's it's part of each of those those factors. They believe it's like a boxer. When a boxer gets into the ring, he has to believe he's going to win. Otherwise, he'll lose for sure. These people have to believe and trust in the in the science that is being presented to them. They have to believe it. And and when you get that level of belief, it is like a religion. And anyone who says anything against it is a heretic. And and that's kind of the 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 way we're painted. People like us who are laymen, we're not particularly experts in any of these areas. We're we're not medical doctors. We're not virologists. We're not you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're not biochemists, but we can recognize when something's not right. And with the amount of digging, particularly you two guys have done, we've found all sorts of things. And if lie one was that the virus was a zoological transfer from a badly or undercooked bat in a wet market, if that was lie one, because we know what the actual truth is, that it was a result of gain of function research paid for by American foundations, or at least partially funded by American foundations, through Fauci in the Wuhan lab. So if that was lie one, how can we trust anything else we've been told? The whole mRNA thing confuses me because there are commercially available gene therapy treatments. When CRISPR was discovered in... or. The, the whole process was done in 2013, I think it was. The guy put together a kit that costs about $28. And from that, you could extract your um, own DNA. I think you sent it off. They would isolate the particular gene. You'd re-inject it into yourself, and it could solve a lot of genetic problems that people had. But of course, it was bought up somehow. And nowadays, these commercially available gene therapies are about a million a pop, about a million dollars or a million pounds a shot. So when we hear 
our man or your man, Bill Gates, talking about wouldn't it be great if we could remove the gene that creates aggression in one of his TED Talks and in the same TED Talk talk about um, reducing either carbon emissions or population down to zero. If you take away the people's aggression, they won't fight against your tyranny. And, and that's the situation they've got us in at the moment. They've taken away the aggression by making everyone so scared of this virtually harmless virus that's got a 99.8% survival rate, but people are still scared to death almost of it. So their will to fight and their, their willingness to see through the lies have just been eradicated. Um, I don't know how we've managed to keep going. I really don't. You know, I, I was talking to Bruce last night about this uh, offline. I said, it's the patterns of behavior in people. If you look at where people have have brought themselves to, like you just mentioned, it's been demasculinization of men or something like that demasculate you know demasculating men it, it, it's it's emasculated emasculate okay emasculating men. what whatever it, you get the idea of what i'm saying yeah so yeah they take away the aggression they they put people into this what's the what's the word they uh the, the left the, the feminazis use uh, beta beta males so they get put into like this this state and then what happens what happens? The, the the men don't fight, as you said. So there, there's no will to push back. There's no will to fight for anything. They've destroyed the family unit. So that's been taken out of the equation. The women get turned into this militant whatever in the hell this thing is. And then as a result of that, people become consumers. They become consumers of whether that's uh, goods or services or social media stuff or, or whatever. People are chasing dopamine here in the West. That's what they're doing. They're looking for that next energy high of, of just something that they bought or something that they get on social media. They're trying to feed their own uh, form of narcissism. And that gives them no sense of purpose whatsoever in society other than whatever it is that they think that they've got or, or whatever it is they think that they've bought or, or are expecting or something like that. But they've got generally just BS pointless lives. But see, COVID, when it came along, what did it do? It gave those people, the masses of people, it gave them a sense of purpose, didn't it? For the first time in their adult lives, they have a unified sense of purpose for, quote, the greater good of society. Oh, do it for your family. Do it for your community. You know, do it because we don't want to overwhelm the, uh, the NHS or the hospital systems or whatever. So people were hit with that initial shock of the mass hysteria of COVID that was built up by the fear porn peddlers, and it put everybody into a state of cognitive dissonance. And then it's been twisted and manipulated from that point. That's why you've still got people going along with it, because it gives them a sense of purpose. You know, I got denied medical treatment yesterday. I was not allowed to get physio. Now, by the way, uh, a German court just today ruled that it is illegal for the government to ban unvaccinated people from businesses. That's one court, but it's got to start somewhere, right? But nonetheless, I got refused treatment. I'm sitting there in the waiting room and I, I walk into this place. Now, th this is a this is a medical facility. I walk into this place and there's signs up all over the place. I, I, you get hit with three of them as soon as you walk in, all within like, I don't know, a half a meter of each other. And it's wear an N95 mask. Well, I don't have one of those things. I'm, I have no interest in doing it. Those things do the square root of Jack Diddley squad anyway. So they don't do anything. You know, uh, the, the what? The 400 papers that we've got say that they do absolutely nothing. So there's no point. So I'm not going to sit there and entertain that idea. You're lucky that I'm even paying any attention to you at all. So I walk in. I'm in the waiting room. 
And there is this, I'm trying not to sound mean or condescending here. There is this very large whale of a woman. Thank I'll you, Bruce. Thank I, you, Bruce. I, I, yeah. Thank you, Bruce. Who is sitting behind the counter and she looks at me and she says, I need your vaccination status. And I just looked at her and I said, now, mind you, she's got an N95 it's strapped to her, her face and it's so tight that her ears are like flipping forward and the mask is creased in the opposite direction across her where her mouth is. And you can see it like moving in and out where she's like gasping for air. And she's asking me for my vaccination status. And I'm looking at her and I'm just like, I, I say, are you serious? You, you can't be serious. This is, I, I this believe is what you're people... describing there is the gills. The, the gills are removing. <laughs> Wiles don't have gills. Just, just to um... true. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You, you get what I'm saying. It gives people like that a sense of purpose. We Ultimately, are being a bit leave. unkind. We are being a bit unkind, but and we being, shouldn't. We shouldn't. But we're, we're not. In, we're not in the business of yeah. We're not in the business of fat shaming. Um, no, that's, that's not, No, that's mm. not what I was trying to do. I know, I, man. I, I know. My point is, yeah, is that I'm, here I'm I am. I'm in. It's all yeah, right okay. for you, Bruce. I bet you've never been a bit chubby, have you? I'm, I'm, I'm I absolutely, I have been. Uh, the the thing is, is my issue with, uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, we're, we're getting diverted here, but I'm okay with fat shaming because you being overweight is your choice. To a certain degree, I, I would agree with you. I mean, when they're that fat that you cut them and gravy comes out, you know they've got a problem. But you know, but um, my point, my point is, is that here I am. I, I mean, you guys know how much I take care of my health. Right, personally, I I, yeah. I I work out all the time. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, and I take vitamins and supplements, and I eat as healthy as I can. I go out of my way to take care of myself, and quite clearly, I'm the healthiest person. I'm not trying again. I'm not trying to sound condescending here or superior or anything like that. I'm more healthy than anybody in that facility, quite frankly. And I'm getting questioned about my my vaccination status from a bunch of people that are not even physicians. No. No, I don't think so. I'm not even going to entertain that. I, I had a similar situation in a Royal Naval Hospital some time ago. I was having my wisdom teeth put in and, um, sorry, no, removed. I was having my wisdom teeth put removed. Put in, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the nurse uh, who took me to be weighed so that the anaesthetist knew how much horse tranquilizer they needed to put me out. She noticed that I was I was probably 18 and a half stone, which is, what's that, 255 pounds, something like that. And she said, oh, you're a not, bit overweight I'm there. I'm not sure. I don't speak English. So. Yeah. No, I know. She said, you're a bit overweight there, Mr. Foster. And when I looked down at this ball of a woman who'd basically, if she did get any fatter, would lose all features, I just said, pot kettle color check over. And she didn't get it. So we, we just carried on. But um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been there. I know what you mean. But we're not in the world, in the realms of fat shaming. One of the saddest things I heard said by anyone was, uh, if you're overweight, you're overlooked. And that was said by someone who was being abused when they were a, um, a child. So they deliberately got fat so that they would be left alone by their abusers. Overweight is overlooked. So... It's too easy to make funny jokes about fat, and I'm sorry for doing it. So we'll move on. And and I know Johnny didn't mean it that way, and nor did I, but Bruce definitely did. So yeah, <laughs> we're going to lose listeners. Yeah, we are. Uh, when you <laughs> when you think of Christmas time, you think of gift giving, do you not? Of course you do. You, you think of gift giving. Uh, 
yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. You think about being around your loved ones, you know, family, friends, good company. Everybody's happy. Everybody's healthy. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's celebrating the birth of Christ, right? Because after all, that's what Christmas is all about. Giving a gift to somebody, no matter what it was. You know, Ned told us a story uh, when he was on a couple of weeks ago, and he said that his, uh, his grandmother used to pick up odd things throughout the year that she would just, because she didn't really have much, and she would put things, she would wrap them up and she would put them in in a sack and she would put it underneath the Christmas tree. And if anybody would come around on Christmas Eve and visit, say, here, put your hand in the sack and you get something. So giving the gift to somebody else, that means something. That means something. The health minister of, I want to say this is New South Wales and Australia, has given the good people of Australia wonderful advice on what they can give as a Christmas gift this year. Now, don't you love it when they do that? When they offer advice as to what what you can get this year for, a, you know, as, as a as a Christmas gift. Listen to this. On the best available evidence at this point in time, is boosters, and I've seen even this morning some additional data coming in, which really emphasises the urgency. So I would recommend that instead of Christmas shopping, everyone shops for a COVID booster online. Now see, wouldn't you rather just shop for a COVID booster online and then just book an appointment for yourself and book an appointment for, for everybody else? I mean, wouldn't that I'll be the, you, the best no, I'll tell you, to get? I'll tell you what she needs to shop for. She needs to shop for, first of all, some decency. And second of all, uh, a voice coach. She needs elocution lessons. Her voice is terrible. Why do Australians, no offense, mates, they're out there in, in Australia. We have a lot of listeners but, in Australia. But... But why do you why do you have to make everything you say sound like a question? That was a question, of course. But they always up inflect at the end of the sentence, which makes everything sound like a question. Um, God love them. I love voices. Yeah, they are wonderful people, um, and particularly good when you're having a few beers. There's there's nothing nothing more jovial than an Australian. Of course, their Christmas is during their their hottest time of the year during the summer, and so. A lot of that idea of, because look, I'm sorry, Bruce, if this offends. I know it won't offend because we've talked about it before. But Christmas, the time of year that we have Christmas in in the world is based on the times of the old pagan festivals about gathering everything in, about putting on extra weight to last through the long days of the winter. That's what our idea of Christmas is based on. Today on TV was uh, the old film, The Greatest Story Ever Told which is about the whole nativity uh, from biblical terms. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the three gifts that the the magi or the wise men brought to, to Jesus? Gold, they were gold, friends, and myrrh. So gold, okay, so, so it would be a king, is wealthy. But frankincense and myrrh, one is uh, used to anoint the body after death, and the other is burnt at funerals and, and in temples. So it's they, they weren't the greatest examples of gifts ever for 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 a newborn baby, were they? They they were pretty. Um, they were very expensive. They were very, very expensive, expensive. Yeah, back then. So, but you will notice that there was absolutely, given the the medical practices of the times, no leeches, no scarifying device, no bark of the willow tree, none of that. So. Why she thinks that we should be shopping for booster vaccinations at Christmas, I don't know, because the example was set by the three wise men. Something that smells like nice, um, so so we get, you know, 
bath bombs and, and deodorant and aftershave. Yeah. yeah. Gold. So watches, something expensive, or just money, just hard cash. And the other stuff is obviously very similar to, to the um the cosmetics, the the gold, frankincense and myrrh. Don't know where I was going with that, but her voice just irritated me so much, it's completely addled my brain. I'm sorry. From what she was saying there the she says the data is showing that um you know, these boosters are... Okay, uh, I'm sorry. I, I want I want to see the same data you're seeing. Because well, the data we're seeing... She's completely mistaken. She's completely mistaken. Yeah, because yeah. the data we see, that that is not the case at all. It, it It is not helping. In fact, even headlines on major news outlets are saying the vaccines don't work against Omicron. So, and then, and then they say, go and get your booster, which is... You you just said the vaccines don't work. Now you're going to go get a booster of the same thing you got before. Uh, oh, but these vaccines are much much stronger. Apparently, is, yeah, is what yeah. we're being told. Except um, they, there's no approval for any kind of new vaccine. It's the same thing. Yeah, well, that's okay. I've got two got things to say before before I forget them. Yeah, One ahead. is in terms of the um, the vaccine passport, which has now been like brought into force here in the UK. Before they give me, uh, this shouldn't just be about. The COVID vaccines should be about all your vaccines. So I want a full record of what they pumped into me prior to um, being up close and personal with the Iraqi war machine, because there was all kinds of stuff that were put into into service men and women during Desert Storm, uh, during Gulf War War One, and possibly Gulf War Two. What were they putting into us? Because it, it caused a lot of side effects. Uh, one of the things for certain was anthrax, which is still not approved for um, use in humans. I actually so, have the answer to some of those questions. It's in this book right here. Aha. Uh-huh. Biowarfare and terrorism. Where did you That's get right. that? Are you on a what? You were on a watch list by now if you ordered that no, online. No, this I, I did order this online. This is uh, this was written by Dr. Francis Boyle, who is the man who wrote the Biological Weapons Convention treaty, uh, which outlaws the development of all biological weapons worldwide by all nations, I might add. Does, does that uh, include gain of function research it's, in there? Uh, it most certainly does, uh, because that, well, is considered to be, that is considered to be weaponization. They've just and renamed did, it to gain of function. Did all member states of the United Nations sign up to that agreement? Yes, sir. So why did it happen then? Anyway, very good point. The other thing, I, I shouldn't just dismiss that because that is a really good point. It is. Um, the other thing is that the numbers, as Bruce was saying, don't add up. Where is that data? Here in the United Kingdom, the number of deaths with COVID, not of COVID, but with COVID, seems to have dropped down week on week uh, since since Omicron rocked up. And again, we have no actual data on this other than the research papers that Ned read reference the common cold seemingly fighting COVID. We're in common cold season and the numbers of deaths that there have been in the last week is similar to that that you would expect back in 2017, 2018. And is that because Omicron has mutated down to the point where it's very similar to the common cold or is indeed the common cold and it's knocking the COVID out of people? They might get sick with Omicron but they're not dying from COVID. That's my point. Again, I don't have the data. It's just an observation of a layman who's looked at these things. 
we're looking at some data here, and I, I want to go over this point here with you, and then we can uh, we can go ahead and uh, there's two things I want to cover with you real quick over the last few minutes here uh, because we've got some data out of Scotland that I want you to see, but most notably I want you to uh, I want you to take a look at this one. This is the October November issue of Airline Pilot Magazine, which is a U.S. publication. Now you are familiar with how rigorous of physical checks that airline pilots, commercial airline pilots, and of course military airline pilots. I think it kind of goes without saying, but commercial airline pilots uh, go through, you understand that they have to go through physical evaluations and everything on a regular basis. So these are extremely healthy people that fly these planes. To give you an idea, they did an extrapolation. They looked at 2019 numbers, they looked at 2020 numbers, and they looked at 2021 numbers in the manners of pilot deaths. Again, this is from their October-November issue. So at the time of publication, they were nine months into 2021. In 2019, they had one death. In 2020, they had six deaths. At the time of publication, 2021, they had 111 pilot deaths, commercial airline pilot deaths. You can take 2019 and use that as a control group in, in this respect, could you not? You're telling me that there is nothing to see here? You, you, that's what you're telling me? Well, it's not what I'm telling you, but it's what well, yeah. um, mainstream media would have you believe because this is very significant. Um, yes, Pilots are rigorously and regularly health checked. And since a couple of unfortunate incidences where there's been well, what it would appear to be a catastrophic pilot error caused by depression, they are mentally checked out more regularly now as well. And there's no way on earth that any pilot, any you know, major commercial airline pilot or even freight pilot will have kept their job unless they were vaccinated. So I know what the other thing you were going to bring up, which uh, I'm guessing is the number of sportsmen uh, and women, healthy people, that are also experiencing sudden heart problems, um, including death by cardiac arrest. They're all symptoms of myocarditis, the inflammation of the sac around the heart. Uh, And this is caused known to be caused in some people by the vaccination. But of course, they're playing down the numbers. They're not confirming those numbers just in, in the same way as uh, they, and by they, we've explained who they are countless times, um, fudge the numbers over the number of people dying from COVID by saying, if you die within 28 days of a positive test, then you then on a death certificate, COVID is stated. And these are the numbers they've used to ramp up the fear. And they're, they're doing it in reverse now. So the people dying from aneurysms, blood clots, stroke, myocarditis, cardiac arrest is being played down. So 150 pilots who in previous years maybe have had one or two die to suddenly go up to 150, something is very wrong. The number of um, high-profile sports people, look, forget people in amateur level stuff and people dropping dead during a, you know, a, a kickabout with friends on, on a football field. But high-level athletes is huge. There is a huge number and the media are simply not telling anybody about it. And there's a reason for that. It's because the media is owned by the very people who are propagating this whole criminal act upon us. I also wanted to mention this here. We've got just a few minutes left here. Uh, Scotland. Uh, I want to talk about Scotland. Now, Scotland has been one of the few countries in the UK that have had 
probably some of the more strict measures, possibly Wales as well. Uh, they had they had some pretty strict measures uh, in Scotland. They've and of course they're Nicola Sturgeon now is uh, introducing more, but they've had COVID passports up there for quite some time. They've also had a high vaccination rate, and they've also had lots more restrictions, lockdowns, uh, things like that uh, that have taking place up there. This was data that was extrapolated. Uh, this was done by the Daily Expose out of the UK. This was data that was gathered. These are government numbers, okay? This is the Scottish government's own numbers from their health departments. Uh, they looked at a number of things. They looked at hospitalizations, they looked at cases, and they looked at deaths. And they were comparing vaccinated against unvaccinated. Of course, you have to have the two, you know, comparison there. They extrapolated from August until the end of November, so just a couple of weeks ago, is when this data was compiled and put out. So you're looking at a time period here of um, of nearly six months. Okay, so I want you to take a look at this. I've got the charts here for you to see. This is the COVID-19 hospitalizations in Scotland by vaccination status, August 21st to 20, of 2021 to November 26th of 2021. Unvaccinated are the green lines you see here. The vaccinated are the red lines. Which one is higher? In this particular case, dear listener, the red ones are higher in all cases right the way through the period of the graph. What we have to be careful of here is is there's a mixed message here, okay? The people who got vaccinated first, which will be the majority of the vaccinated people in Scotland, were the elderly and vulnerable and were likely to be hospitalised at some point anyway. Mm -hmm. So we would expect those numbers to be higher. Correct. But as... As time progressed and, you know, 70-year-olds, then 60-year-olds, then 50-year-olds, then 40-year-olds, and now, God forbid, 12 to 15-year-olds are being oh, we're vaccinated. We're doing 5 to 11s now, man. Yeah. What we can see is that the numbers are, in comparison, are still significantly high of vaccinated people being hospitalised and actually fewer unvaccinated people being hospitalised. So... You, you know, lies, damn lies and statistics, even a graph, which is a picture, can actually lie to you. But there is information to be gained from that graph. Um, I have another And that one. is, yeah, yeah. This one is the number of deaths by vaccination status. This is August 14th through November 19th of 2021. Again, the green line represents unvaccinated deaths and the red line represents vaccinated deaths. It looks like... Um, the lower limit from zero, is it zero to 30 is the first stage. Yes, I believe so. It, That's what yeah. it seems to be, yeah. So the highest number of unvaccinated deaths during that period was 35, whereas Roughly. the vaccinated yeah. deaths was up in the, I can't read that number, my friend. So if we look. Uh, 100, we look, looks, about, looks to be September, about 100. Look at, look at September. Yeah. 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 About 125 or so. So September, start of the autumn, it gets colder earlier on up in Scotland. That's really the start of their cold and flu season. I'd have expected an uplift there. And still, the vaccinated people are dying at a much more higher rate than unvaccinated people. So tell me what good this vaccine really, really is. I would say there's, there's one caveat to all of this. The vaccination rate percentage, like so the percentage of the population the population that's vaccinated there versus, um, you know, these graphs, it, it's going to be, let's just say a normal flu season. If the majority of your population is vaccinated and you have a bunch die from the flu, 
well, it's going to show that more people died vaccinated than unvaccinated. So in a sense, though this is what the data is showing, and this is what's been confirmed, they died of COVID-19 or while having COVID-19, it can also be a little... It can deceptive. be misleading, right? and that's the point yeah. I was trying to make, because with more and more people being vaccinated, you are going to get higher numbers of vaccinated people dying because the flu is still going to kill them. Not necessarily COVID. They might have tested positive for COVID, but it was probably something else that did for them. And, you know, Nicola Sturgeon is desperate desperate for independence for Scotland. The population of Scotland is, I think, less than 8 million. And she's been given money hand over fist. It, someone summed, in fact, it was, an, it was another Scot, a comedian, comedian, female comedian, was giving a comedy lecture and saying that the relationship between England and Scotland is like where you've got a couple, one wants to get married, the other one doesn't want to get married. But in the end, the one who doesn't want to get married proposes, and then the other one drives them mad organising the wedding. How many guests are we going to have? What colour serviettes do we need? Do we need this? Do we need that? Can we have this? Can we have that? And it it's it's that way with, once we've given Scotland their, I say we've we've given, once they had their devolved parliament, same with, with Wales, with their devolved parliament, the Scottish people are not stupid. They vote the Scottish Nationalist Party in time and time again because they know that they will spend every penny of tax that they are given to spend on the infrastructure and, and all the other bits and pieces for Scotland as opposed to saving money and conserving it. But they don't necessarily want independence. They just want to have that money spent on them. And, and there's already, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a particular mathematical way of working this out to compensate Scotland for North Sea oil, which is off the Scottish shores, and the money that the whole country made from North Sea oil, each person in Scotland gets around about £54 a year spent on them more than the people in England. So taxes collected, the, U the UK population is around about 68 million, I think. The majority of those people live in England. So the majority of tax is gathered within England. And Scotland, the Scottish population, wind up with a little bit more tax money given back to them than the English people do. So they're not going to vote for uh, a Conservative. They're not necessarily going to vote Labour. They'll vote Scottish National Party and let Nicola Sturgeon have her dream of independence. Uh -huh. But every time they, they come round to voting for independence, well, the last time at least, the vote went against it. Yeah. So, you know, they are ramping up the, the fear levels in Scotland. They are getting the vaccines out to people. And those, those graphs show that. They, they show that a high proportion of the Scottish population is vaccinated. It also shows, if you want to read it that way, that a very high proportion of them are dying when you compare it to the unvaccinated. We are going to go ahead and call this one done as we are out of time. Marty, any last words, as this will probably be your last podcast of the year? All I hope is that um, people start to wake up, that we can be forgiven for the terrible way we've been personal about several people this evening. I'm only half joking when I say that because uh, it's just too easy. It's too, it's, it's too easy. In fact, cut this bit out. So hang on, we'll start again. Which means I'll leave um, it in there. <laughs> you jolly decent chap, you. No, I just hope people start to wake up. I hope everyone has a good Christmas as good as they're allowed to have. In fact, sod that. Have as good a Christmas as you want to have. 
because we are governed and policed by consent and in, in all of our countries. So if you don't consent to being restricted, then don't be restricted. Thank you and good night. You're here, my friend. Uh, you and I will uh, probably have a uh, phone call uh, from the hospital on Chris. I will be calling you on Christmas Day uh, because you, you and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I just I feel terrible if I don't call you and speak to you on Christmas. And you being in the hospital on Christmas, that makes it just that much worse. At least from my standpoint, I don't want to see you there. You know, I, I don't want to. I know why you're in there. It's for the better, quite frankly. But you know, I, I'd have to call and uh, and talk to you at least uh, if they. Oh, allow so you'll you look forward phone. to that. I'd yeah. try and take it off me. I mean, um, yeah, I should look forward to that. So at least I can say hi to everybody over Christmas. But I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to look forward to Christmas Day in hospital. I'm sure they'll do something special. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps they'll bring bring round tinsel covered boosters. Uh, boosters. Yeah. 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 Which I'll be refusing. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it'll be fun. Um, you two have a good time. Uh, and I'm sure when the snow, because you'll have snow and everything, won't you, Bruce? Uh, not by Christmas, I don't think. No. Uh, it's it's rare. I, I don't know. We, we've had white Christmases before, but it's not super common uh, here. We usually get snow in January or so. Oh, I see. The last white Christmas that I remember having, I was a kid. So there's a long, long time ago, I was possibly eight years old and me and my best friend both got Thunderbirds outfits. I'm sure you, even you two being so young will have heard of the Thunderbirds. I remember the Thundercats. Yeah. I don't remember the no, Thunderbirds. Th well, you're going to need to look it up because I know you don't watch TV, but Thunderbirds no. was um, a, a stop motion. Oh no, it was a puppet show basically about international okay. rescue. Oh, and you okay. used to have Thunderbird 1, Thunderbird 2, Thunderbird 3, different types of spaceship to do different rescues depending on, on where that was. And, of course, Lady Penelope and Parker in, in, in her pink car. But so we had these Thunderbird outfits and we're, we're in wearing our Thunderbird outfits with, with gloves and scarves on because it was snowing outside. And I'd also been given this toy space gun and it took, I think, eight HP-11 batteries so it, it took a lot of power to power this thing up and it made all kinds of noises and sparks flew out the end. And what I discovered was that it completely interrupted people's television sets. So me and my best friend were creeping around on Christmas Day when everyone's trying to watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and firing this gun outside their houses and watching their TV screen get completely obliterated by the static caused from, from this toy that I'd got. And I wish I still had it because I, I would I would go to you know the place where they're broadcasting, go to the nearest um, antenna, and and completely uh, jam mainstream media if I could. So I just thought I'd share that with you. And um, I I may have shared too much. I could probably still be prosecuted for for what I did when I was eight. <laughs> I'm sure there's a statute of limitations on that. Anyway, all right, we uh, we are going to have to go. So uh, I want to thank you both for being here this evening. I want to thank all of the listeners. I want everyone to have a fantastic evening and have a great weekend. Uh, we will be on the exclusive tomorrow, hopefully with uh, hopefully with Ned if he's around. Uh, he's rumored to make a stop uh, a stop in and discuss his latest uh, yeah, his latest gripes. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to that if he uh, decides to stop in. But for all of our listeners that are listening to us today, have a fantastic fantastic weekend and we will see you on Monday.